What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The Fish and Game Commission has raised the legal kill limit on campers to three. So if you're hiking today, please wear something bright and keep low. Welcome to the law firm of Davis & Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. excitement, of course, is going to come at the end of the summer uh, during Sexual Awareness Week. We import 200 hookers from around the world, and each camper, armed with only a thermos of coffee and $2,000 cash, tries to visit as many countries as he can. And the winner, of course, is named King of Sexual Awareness Week and is allowed to rape and pillage the neighboring towns until camp ends. Yes, Damn it, that sir. was on my list, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Davis and Davis Show. And if you did not catch on, we're doing meatballs, damn it. As dangerous as it can be. <laughs> Bill Murray's most fantastic performances ever. What? Oh, 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 oh. There's an argument there because I'm sorry. Stripes, Caddyshack, Meatballs. Those are the top three movies that this man has ever made. And honestly. Groundhog Day, you left that out. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and that one, uh, what about Bob? I've never seen that all the way through. What well, you, you don't have to. All you have to do is relate him to the Bob that we know. <laughs> oh, by the way, um, I have not introduced everyone here today. Off to my left is <clears throat> Count Burke Davis, Lord of Kerry. <laughs> And off to our right is, let me see if I can get this straight, Reverend Count Lord Petty Officer Scott Davis. I, I, think, I think it's supposed to go... Count Lord Reverend, Reverend no, Petty Reverend, Officer? Reverend Count Petty Officer Scott Davis, Lord of Terry. Ah, okay. <laughs> Oh man. This Scott has to quit drinking and going on Groupon. <laughs> Dude, those are the two best purchases you've ever made in your life. <laughs> here, 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 I thought the LG washing machine that's lasted me almost 20 years was the best purchase i ever made in my lifetime but and you were wrong no, I, I i was 
totally wrong. The $16 Lord and $8 Count titles were much, much more important. <laughs> not to count, or not to mention the uh, the $50 uh, ordination from the Universal Life Church out of Modesto, <laughs> California. All right, my brother. So we are. <laughs> I am so ready to give this up. <laughs> like, I feel like I had one more thing to talk about this week, and I don't remember what the hell it is. Oh, well, I'll think of it later. So what are we going to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing that we left off was that Davis's have spouses, but I don't think that's going to be the topic today. I mean, it's kind of self-evident. Davis, English, Irish, Welsh. Yeah, we're... We sunburn. We have small... How's that work out for Jesse? Um, Mike... <laughs> She's not talking to me today. Oh, uh, well. Um, yeah, um, what, do you, what, 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 what are you drinking tonight? I'm still drinking the same... And it is a well, officially well, no. a whiskey, dude. It's a it's a new day to the to the audience. So, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I don't remember the name. Hmm. Soundheim, Senheim. It's it's a whiskey from Kentucky, and it's it's very nice. Senhauser. The Senhauser? No, that's the earphones <laughs> I'm wearing, you idiot. <laughs> oh my goggles. I'm drinking whiskey, and it's very nice. Please refer to the previous episode to figure out which one it is. It'll be on our website. It'll be on our website, which is davisanddavisshow.com. You can Google that. That looks... Oh, 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 dude, are you doing Willet? No. No, you're doing the number six? Bardstown number six. Discovery. Discovery Series 6. Are you ready? Take a sip, please, sir. Okay. Oh. <laughs> now wait. Now is that the 114 proof or the 98 proof? That's the 114. Oh. Um. Woof. Let me tell you. But it it doesn't burn like I was expecting it to. Usually, anything over 100 proof hit you in the back of the throat it's hard usually this is not this was soft all the way down damn i i still have some heat in my throat but yeah it it wasn't it wasn't um it didn't smack in the face yeah i did a bourbon like a month ago where I went and tried it, and it was like, holy shit, that's smacking you in the face. <laughs> and, and this is not doing that. Now, I get, I get, I barbecue, and I use oak chips a lot mm, okay. when I barbecue. That is what I'm tasting right now. Oak barbecue. Interesting. Burnt oak barbecue. And it. It's it's a great feeling. Now I still have a little bit of tingling in the back of the throat. That's probably the hundred fourteen proof. <laughs> um, but 
I get a really, really nutty aftertaste. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this is a bourbon that you do not mix. No. This Dude, is... when you get into $100 bottles of bourbon, ice is the only thing you mix it with. Thanks to the Dallas Bourbon Club. Uh, which I think is out of Modesto, California. Which is ironically where you have your reverend ship from. The Universal Life Church out of Modesto, California. Please visit. <laughs> um, I, I think that this... I think that this bourbon. All right. Uh, uh, have you ever had Macallan scotch? Actually, yes. Okay. Macallan's got a couple of scotches that are over a hundred dollars. Yeah. And I bought some for my father and I one time. Uh, it was like age 16 years. It was, it was, you know, supposed to be great. And honestly, it was so overpowering to the throat that you missed the flavor. Hmm. And even my father was like, that that wasn't worth $150. See, McClellan is the only scotch I've ever drank. And I don't know which one it was. It's the only scotch I've ever drank I didn't hate. Okay. I don't. I've tried, I've tried many, 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 many times to like scotch and I don't, I I don't know. I don't know why it's just, I I don't dig it. McClellan's I didn't hate. Like I wouldn't spend that money on it ever. McCallan. McCallan. I wouldn't spend that money on it ever, but it was a scotch I didn't hate. So it must be really good because I didn't hate it. Here, here's here's the point that I think I'm trying to make. Um, I would not buy McAllen again. Okay. I would buy Bardstown discovery series six. This is a fabulous bourbon. (laughs) It tastes phenomenal. (laughs) I put this, I put this above my Willet. Wow. The Willet's really good. The, yeah. The, I would buy the Willet all the time. I would buy Blade and Bow all the time. Yeah. I do buy Bullet all the time. Oh, yeah. This knocks them all out of the park. It is nice. It's just the flavor, the flavor to it. If you were to mix something with this, you would miss out on what craft. <laughs> The Discovery nuance. Is. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Fucking phenomenal. That's a really great booze review. We've not had one of those in a while. Good job. Uh, we we haven't had we haven't had really good booze. Yeah, I I've not I have not bought really expensive stuff ever. Um, I got I got lucky with the blade and bow because someone gave it to me, but I've not personally bought any really good stuff. So. The, the uh I don't want to say that uh that going out and spending a hundred dollars 
is it? Well, that, I think that was the point that I was making with the, with the McAllen is that you can go out and spend $100. It doesn't mean that it's great. This is great. Well, it's kind of like the uh, the Redneck Riviera whiskey. Right. Like, it ain't expensive. It's cheap. And it was really good. For what it was, it was fabulous. I can't That's find a... it again. But... <laughs> well, it, it's still available. It's just, uh, you're hanging on. I'm I'm turning my air conditioner down to seventy two just such a dick. Um it, it's because I'm drinking and sweating. Can you see the sweat on my forehead? Holy hell <laughs> I feel like it's it's gotta be the it's gotta be the bourbon. Hmm. That and the fact that I keep sucking on it because it's good. <laughs> it's so tasty. It's good. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, your daughter is graduating this weekend. My youngest daughter, Mackenzie, is graduating this weekend from the University of Toledo with a degree in, in... physical therapy. Doggy, that's going to be really, really good for you when you cannot afford your own apartment anymore and have to live with her. And need physical therapy because I'm pretty sure I'm going to need that in my, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, it rained today here. It rained today here. I actually had tornado warnings here. Uh, it rained and the temperature never got above 50. 54 degrees today. That's weird because, like, it's 64 right now. That's kind of weird. It was a weird day. And at three o'clock, well, three o'clock in the morning, it was 72 degrees <laughs> outside here. At five o'clock, when I made it to work, it was 70. <laughs> and at eight, 30 when I took the first group out to their holes, it was 56. Oh, shit. That's a drop. Dude, we talked once before about how the Davis's penises are small. When you get weather like that, it, it, it's... It's all it, shriveled. And... It's a turtle. It yeah. is crawling up inside itself, just trying to find some heat. It's SMO. It's uh. small. <laughs> All right. Enough of the dirty talk. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, we have a lot to get through today because we're reviewing. Meatballs. One of my favorite movies. I love this film. You know this film could not be... It, they couldn't make it now. They could. I, I will I will contradict that. That they, they would have to cut out everything. What? You'd have to cut out spaz. You can't talk about records that way. They never mention the word... It's spaz. He's hyperactive. We understand all that. They never say the word retards. Correct. 
I don't know where you. In all honestly, I want I watched this movie again with a critical eye uh-huh. for today's PC environment, and there are some little cringy things, especially with Spaz and what's what's his sidekick's name, uh, Fink. Fink. They're a little cringy. And, like, you know, he's constantly going, oh, that girl wants it. She wants you and everything. That's the worst part of the whole film. Everything else is, like, PG. There's no boobs. There's no nudity. No, no, no. I'm telling you, man, this is a, this is a cute. Besides the fact that no girl is wearing a bra. So you don't there, really... there is zero boobs in this Dude. film. You don't need them when they're not wearing a bra. There is nothing to hide when you're wearing a tank top. Nice cool outside. <laughs> now that's that's not the cringy point. Anyways, you know what? we're not going to get into this because we have to take a break before we can even discuss this damn thing. Why? Because. That's what we have to do for the fucking commercials that we have to put into our fucking show. Well, that sucks. Oh, God, I hate, I hate our fucking show. All right, guys, um, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back, apparently. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see here. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
You. I'm telling you, Kate Bush. I love this woman. Uh, she got me through the 80s. Yeah, try that out. I actually hit the button on my mic. What the hell? Wow. Wow. So did you ever look up Lori Anderson? Uh, no. Oh, not not Kate Bush level, but um, I can't oh, remember. Wait, the... I remember you told me to look this girl. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, Superman's kind of an interesting song. It was it was it was. Kate Bush and the Talking Heads kind of vibe going on. Okay. Um, I did not look this up. Uh, I will be playing a song during this uh, this podcast from someone that I think, if I'm going to look up Lori, you need to look up Ruel. Okay. Ruel mainly does music for movies and stuff like that and when i play the song that i play you'll probably know the movie that it's from uh but she's so much like kate bush that it just i, I the the way that she knows how to to empower you no yeah, yeah i love that <laughs> all right um hey Guess what? We're back. And we're talking about meatballs. Uh, are, are we really? Yeah. There is a very fat pair of pants hanging on the flagpole this morning. <laughs> you have come prepared, my brother. Well played. Well played. <laughs> it is going to be a long show for you. <laughs> just, from the, just from the breaks. <laughs> Alrighty, man. All right, let's let's start this thing. Off. Unless you got anything to talk about, uh, uh, why don't you? Okay, let me open up my stuff. You can start, and I will catch up. Alrighty then. Um, so I got the Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, this give one me that this one blows my mind. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a seventy-two percent. The audience is only 57. Are you, f Are you fucking kidding me? No. I'm like, how, how does that work? Uh, Gene Siskel, want to take a stab at that one? Two. 2.5 out of four. Not bad. I'm, I'm surprised he went up the 0. 0.5. Well, this, this, is, was... this, is, this is Siskel, not Ebert. I will get to Ebert later. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Out of the 1979 movies, where do you think this one placed? Uh, and we're a little off on our stuff, but, you know. And just to give you some background, Frank Langella's Dracula came in at 35 on my list. Norma Ray, 32. The Warriors was at 31. Uh, the Rose was at 29. Wow. Uh, Being There, which is a really, really good film. 
uh, was number 26. I'm going to say that it came in around 60. No, it's like 13. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very oh, yeah. happy with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, other other films that came out that year, 1941, John Landis's first film, John Belushi, uh, number 23 on my list, The China Syndrome, The Black Hole, The Black Stallion, lots of thes, uh, All That Jazz, another fabulous film, which I absolutely love. Uh, starting over, Manhattan, The Electric Horseman uh, was number 14, Meatballs Beat All Those Out. Uh, movies above that, uh, Escape from Alcatraz, Love at First Bite, uh, 10, well, yeah, that was Bo Derek Nude, I can see that one, uh, Moonraker, one of our Bond films there, love that, The Jerk, that's a classic, The Muppet Movie, the first Muppet Movie came out that year, number six, Apocalypse Now came out, and that was number five. The original Star Trek The Motion Picture was at number four, and I hated that movie of all the Star Trek movies I've ever seen. Rocky II, number three. The Amityville Horror was number two. Any, any guess on number one? 1979? Yep. Uh, no guess. Superman. Ah, uh, that's right. Because seventy-seven was Star Wars, wasn't that it? That is correct. Yes. Ah, little fucker. Ah, <laughs> uh, and, and it wasn't even the best Superman. It was it, it was uh, Reeves. Um, it was Reeves' first movie. It was a good movie. Okay, whatever. How much uh, domestic did it make? Uh, according to what I have here, forty-three million dollars worldwide. And 40, I, I do 40. not have the. I do not have how much it cost, but it was nowhere near forty-three million to make. Forty-three million forty-six thousand and three dollars worldwide. Uh, domestic opening, which is the first month that it's open. Or however long it takes them to open it in all of the theaters was seventy-seven thousand dollars. Wow, that's it, and it made forty-three million total. And apparently, <laughs> the total budget for this movie was only one point six million. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is that that's a blockbuster in Dude, today's a, standards. That's a forty that's a forty times in yeah. Or thirty-eight <laughs> times invest yeah. Dude, that's huge. That is huge. That's massive. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right. So Roger Ebert, who I always refer to, I have a story about this. Are you ready? Sure. So Bill Murray was able to get Roger Ebert to eventually admit that Ebert respected the former Saturday Night Live comedian's acting talents. He did so in a rather devious fashion. 
the incident took place at the Cannes Film Festival. It occurred during a press conference for Broken Flowers, which I've never seen. Uh, it was a critically acclaimed 2005 drama that was written and directed by Jim Jarmusch. And after Ebert complimented Bill Murray's performance in the film, Murray shot back, well, that's really nice because I was told when I was young I should never be allowed to do anything but comedy. And Roger said, well, who said that? And Bill Murray said, you did, Roger. You. <laughs> there, there are reasons that I like Bill Murray. Oh, there's mainly a million, million reasons. May, mainly because Bill Murray, I, I am just a mini Bill Murray. I have no problem blowing up my career to make a joke. As a as an individual, he is just one of the coolest. How do I put this? Coolest motherfuckers out there. He will walk into somebody's wedding, photobomb the bride getting with the groom and kissing, and they will absolutely love it. He will walk into any party and make it a Bill Murray party and make it one of the most memorable parties you've ever been to in your life. He don't care. He has zero fucks to give. He's Bill Murray, and he is the fucking man. Oh, um, have you given, like, a synopsis of this yet? I have not. Would you like to do that, sir? Yes, let's go into the synopsis. Oh, I heard that swish. I tried not to. I heard that chewing. Of... <laughs> no, no, he's muted. You can't hear the chewing. I heard you ripping off those <laughs> ribbons of uh, what are those things? The red things. What are you eating? Twizzlers. Yes. Was that on our top 10 candy list? I cannot remember. No, it was not. And Scott's eating. Okay, uh, apparently I'm going to keep rolling with this since he's chowing down on stuff. So, this particular movie was filmed at an actual summer camp called Camp White Pine in Halliburton, Ontario. And many of the extras of the films, of the, this film, were actual campers. I want you guys to go out there and protect your balls at any cost. <laughs> Scott's still eating. Rick Dees. Do you know who Rick Dees is? He sang the song Disco Duck. And he also did the song Are You Ready for the Summer? He used to do a top ten list. No, on like, like syndicated radio? Yes. Nice. Are you done eating now? Nice ice. I, I'm moving the mic as far away as I can, man. <laughs> I'm trying my I'm trying my best. No, fuck you and your mute button. 
<laughs> Wait. Oh, I'm not muted. You no, know, you're not. I don't have ice in a metal container. I love a brewmate. Yes. All right. You should have gone with the bigger brewmate, but you're already hammered, so... <laughs> You have given me the bigger brewmate. I have that available if I so choose. Some of us have to edit tomorrow. <laughs> All right, sure. Go on. Go on. Go, uh, hey, 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 guess guess who directed this? It wasn't. I. It wasn't uh, Reitman because he wanted to. Ivan Reitman wanted to do this, but he couldn't. I, I can't remember who did direct this. Ivan Reitman. No, no, oh, shit. Who was who wanted to do this film then? Uh, <laughs> you kind of got me. Damn it! Yes. I'll probably I'll probably hit upon this later on. So anyway. this was this was the break breakthrough hit for Ivan Reitman. Uh, Harold Ramis wanted to direct this but but did not actually he got paid the same amount that he needed to buy a sofa to write this film ah here you go here you go <laughs> Ivan Reitman and Harold Ramis wanted John Landis to direct. That's it. Because of his work that he did on Animal House. But Landis turned turned it down because he was too busy working on the Blues Brothers. Because of this, Reitman decided to direct it himself. Mm-hmm. Switch mm. that. <laughs> Switch that. Uh, <laughs> at one point... Dan Aykroyd was considered as the lead star of the original film. Yes. Do you know why? Because they had no clue if Bill was going to show up. Because Bill, at the time, did not have an agent. Bill would just show up and start filming because Bill's a fucking man. <laughs> At one point, yeah, they, they literally had no clue until the first day of shooting if Bill was going to be there or not. And he showed uh, up and then was yeah. like, oh, we're good. Dan Aykroyd was considered as the lead star of the film. Uh, in case Murray, who had an infamous habit of not announcing whether or not he would commit to a project, didn't show up. God, you! I, I'm telling you, Bill Murray is me. <laughs> you never actually signed a contract to star in the movie. No. No. Most of the time when he stars in a movie, he just makes a gentleman's agreement to show up, and then he shows up. Most of the time, when I do a lighting project for someone, I don't sign a contract. <laughs> and I might show up. And not anymore, because I'm on a golf course. 
All right. And when he showed up for the first day, he arrived on set in a Hawaiian shirt that he wears in the movie. Actually, most of everything he wears in the movie is his own wardrobe. Actor-inspired element. The red shorts and colorful Hawaiian shirt that Bill Murray is wearing is, in the original movie, was his own. Show up and moan shit. It's all good. All right. Um, so did you actually get through your synopsis or should you I? did the synopsis and it was excellent. Actually, we didn't do a synopsis. Go ahead. I did the last one. The synopsis for this movie is, is <laughs> simple. Bill Murray is an assistant director at. No, no, no he is the lead there is only one dude above him. That's the director of the camp. He is the head right. counselor. He is the assistant director over the CITs. Morty is the director of the camp. He is the head counselor, however. I, I, I have this all written down. <laughs> um, so he is the assistant director. Okay. They receive, or uh, they, they actually start the movie before the children arrive. Yep. At this point in time, Bill Murray is actually running the camp. Mort, Morty is just kind of sleeping. Mickey. Yeah. Mort, Mickey. Mickey. Hi, Mickey. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so, um, the camp, Camp Lone Star, is a camp that the people that have less money go to. The other camp involved in this fiasco is Camp Mohawk, which is the camp. For the rich and insane. North Star? Yes, Camp North Star is the one that Bill Murray runs. Okay. And Camp Mohawk is the is the rich folks that Bill Murray um pretends to be a part of. But the real excitement, of course, is going to come at the end of the summer uh, during Sexual Awareness Week. We import 200 hookers from around the world, and each camper, armed with only a thermos of coffee and $2,000 cash, tries to visit as many countries as he can. And the winner, of course, is named King of Sexual Awareness Week and is allowed to rape and pillage the neighboring towns until camp ends. <laughs> you love that. Let me just die there. <laughs> All right, so these kids go through summer summer camp. It's actually it's actually a movie that's that's more based around teaching people that they're worth something even though they believe that they're not. And yeah, it, it seems like all the characters have a little bit of growth. It's not huge, but they all have a little bit of growth whether it's emotional well, or self-worth or whatever. The the character Rudy 
really goes through a huge transformation and it's thankful to bill murray and uh, yes bill murray is uh all about the uh how do you say it about bill murray in this the the um, the, the grandiose uh yeah yeah he's like an almost an egomaniacal person but he has a heart deep down deep deep down ultimately through the show there is the competition between camp north star and camp mohawk and the entire goal is to win uh do they do it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell you i'll tell you some stuff but i'm not gonna tell you the the ending premise of this (laughs) um Remember, this was this was filmed in 1979, and honestly, you will see a lot of growth in people through the whole show. Oh, yeah. I I I think the only person that doesn't grow is Bill Murray. No, he absolutely does. Where where I, at, where at the end? Very much at the end, where he asks Roxy to come Roxy, live with I him. Have what doctors call very active glands. You're the only person I've told. My folks don't even know. Well, maybe you can have surgery without them knowing. Oh, heck with surgery. Let's wrestle. Yes, he grows a lot. Oh, come on. At the end of the film, he actually asks her to move in with him. And she's like, well, I've never lived with anyone. He's like, and she asks him, have you ever lived with anyone? She's like, well, fish, dogs, never a person. Yeah, he <laughs> opens up at the end. No, he no, he grows at the end a little bit. Uh, and, and, and his whole attachment to Rudy, I think, kind of opens him up to. I should be a better person in general. You know, it's like I got to help out this kid. You know, it just kind of opens him up. Uh, there's a lot of characters in this movie. A lot of characters. Spaz is probably the biggest character without being the biggest character in the film. He is phenomenal at his role. Uh, A pimply-faced guy who is just a nerd. What's cooking, good-looking? Your fly's undone. (laughs) Hey, Spaz. I was watching you. Looked like you had a chance there for a second. Thank you. Uh, do, do you know what else he did in the film? Do tell. He was the co-casting director for the film in Canada. You're crapping me. No, no. Wow. Jack Bloom plays Spaz, was the wow. co-casting director. Sex machine. Are you kidding me? No. Well, I went out with him one night, and he got us six nurses by himself, and four of them couldn't report to work the next morning. Thank you. I cannot use that quote <laughs> that I have quoted in my. <laughs> I, I told you, I actually prepped for this movie. <laughs> this is gonna be your show tonight, then. <laughs> Damn, Scott is all over it tonight. He is on fire. Okay, so so he he goes through he he does his he does his stuff and and bill murray is actually very good in this flick i did not see one person 
in this film that wasn't good. No. They were all, I mean, considering that other than other than Bill Murray, there was no names in this whole cast. And they all did a great job. They actually had to cut out a whole bunch of scenes with Bill Murray and the CITs in favor of him and the young kid because the chemistry was so good. And it just lent itself more to that wholesomeness of the film that they they loved it and so they put in more of him and the kid than they did of him and the CITs alright challenge one can oh. you sing the CIT song we are the CIT so piteous the food oh no I can't <laughs> the food is the kids crap are, the Kids are hideous. We're gonna smoke and drink and fool around. We're nookie bowers or star CITs. Okay, this this movie was huge for me when I was growing up. Came out in 1979, so I was what 13, 10, 12, somewhere around there. Um, it was after Star Wars. How's that? That that's fine. It was before I was driving a moped, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is like fucking fat chick. Yeah, and, you really enjoy it, but you don't want anybody to know you do it. Honestly, I am wearing Spass's glasses <laughs> at my age. Uh, th- this movie was a big, huge hit for me. 1979 this was right before i became or right before i started being a boy scout right before i started being a camp counselor and what well, 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 well. Yeah. do you remember the poster for this movie was this the caricature poster no, it, it the, the tagline of the poster. And I gotta look this up. I gotta look this up. Hold tight. I'll get him with this Swiss Army knife. The Swiss trained me to kill, and I will do it. I will grab these guys by the neck, take the toothpick, and stick it right in between their teeth. The summer camp that makes you untrustworthy disloyal, unhelpful, unfriendly, discourteous, unkind, disobedient, and very hilarious. What is that from? That, I guess, is meatballs. That's from the Boy Scouts thing of being loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, Oh, you're talking about that? Oh, you're... Oh! A scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly. Uh, there you go. <laughs> brave, clean, and reverend. The Fish and Game Commission has raised the legal kill limit on campers to three. So if you're hiking today, please wear something bright and keep low. <laughs> it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant fucking movie. Oh, it's great, man. It's absolutely uh, now, great. Now, we had kind of a conversation, but not really. 
earlier today about could this be movie be made now? And I say no. And I say absolutely yes. It's bad. He's a sex machine. Are you kidding me? Well, I went out with him one night, and he got us six nurses by himself, and four of them couldn't report to work the next morning. But the real excitement, of course, is going to come at the end of the summer uh, during Sexual Awareness Week. We import 200 hookers from around the world, and each camper, armed with only a thermos of coffee and $2,000 cash, tries to visit as many countries as he can. And the winner, of course, is named King of Sexual Awareness Week and is allowed to rape and pillage the neighboring towns until camp ends. Yes, this can really be made now. That's the worst part of the whole movie. You could tweak two words... And it would be better than the female version of Ghostbusters. I I don't disagree with you. I just think <laughs> I just think that there's there's so much into this that people would would run away from it. There, like I said, there was some stuff with Spaz and Fink that was a little cringy. Other than that, it was clean and wholesome. I mean, like there were there was no nudity in the whole film. There was one sex scene that was alluded to because they were their clothes were on the shore, and this was the main characters. Yeah, their clothes were on the shore, and they were swimming, and but you never saw anything, and they they there was nothing horrible in this movie. Okay, um, I can almost agree with that yeah. uh let's let's talk some trivia here okay uh there is hang on i have to bring up my i have to bring up my little uh cheat sheet here it's got to be from IMDb, which I did not look at. Although, I, I no, I take that back. I did look at it, and some of the stuff I have was taken from IMDb, but I did not go there to get it. I did not take oh. anything from IMDb. Uh, do, you know, do you know who Kristen DeBell is? No. Kristen DeBell played a character in Meatballs named A.L. Oh, is that the girl in the striped shirt that got her leg broken? No. Which one was A.L.? A.L. was the, uh, well, here, let me, let me see if I can find a picture of her. Look up Kristen DeBell. But just look up her picture. Don't look up her resume. Too late. Oh. Uh, X Factor? No. Alright. How do you spell her name? Here. How about this? I am going to do this for you. Kristen DeBell... Oh yeah, no, no, she was super cute. Yeah, yeah. Yes, she was smoking hot. Yeah, yeah. very cute. Yeah, yeah. What is she famous for? 
Oh, gosh. Uh, I do not know. What is she? What is she famous for? She's a porn star. Maybe that's why I recognize her. After Meatballs, she became a porn star. Oh, my. (laughs) You say, oh, my. Wait till you hear the movie that she's really famous for. Alice in Wonderland. The Johnny Depp movie? Alice in Wonderland, an X-rated musical (laughs) fantasy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't see Johnny Depp in here. But the weird thing is, like, she was on Night Court, Days of Our Lives. She was on a lot of shows. And actually, as, as recently as 2022, Merrily, The Wrong Mr. Right in 2021, Love and Debt 2019, Jackpot 2019, The Wrong Friend 2018. She's still working. Yes, she is. Uh, well, bless her heart. The director of Alice in Wonderland also directed great hits like Terror at the Red Wolf Inn. (laughs) The Beachcomber. High Country. She was on Barnaby Jones and Chips. Nightmare and Wax. <laughs> Coach. You know, BJ and the Bear. The Beach Girl. Police Woman. Love Scenes. <laughs> it is enough. <laughs> she is all over the map. That's awesome. <laughs> she wasn't It Is Enough. She dated um the older brother? Yes, the older brother, David. Um, it was originally played by. Oh, God. Now you're going to call. Oh. Are you kidding? Doesn't it count that I remembered his name? Oh, uh, come on. It is enough. Older brother. Who was he originally played by? I don't know. He had feathered hair. Mark Hamill for crying out loud. No, not that one. And then Mark got into an accident, and he had to bow out of A's enough, and then he got the film role for Star Wars. No. Bet me. Remember how his face was all messed up between the first Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back? It's because he got in a car accident, had to have uh, reconstruction surgery on his ear and nose, and that's how they covered it up. The Wampa attack. You just made me spit licorice. <laughs> Spitting licorice. That sounds like a <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism, doesn't it? <laughs> All right. Um. Son of a bitch. He's on the cast list. Yeah, I told you so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got to take a break here. Oh, darn. I'm out of drink and I have to go pee. Same. Uh, what am I going to play this time? 
classical. Oh, oh no, 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 no. No, I no, no. I said I would play Ruel. Oh, yeah. So I. Here it is. Still have to find some yellow. Yeah. This is our time. No turning back. We could live, we could live like legends. This is our time. No turning back. We could live, we could live like legends. All right, people. Talk to you soon. We'll be right back. <laughs> no, that I have I have a very special place in my heart for that song. Cool. Um, it it <clears throat> it comes from it comes from my father. My father never did everything in his life that he wanted to do. And that's really why I've led my life the way that I have. 
I mean, I, Burke will be the first one to tell you. I've stayed in the entertainment industry 30 years. One of the few people I know that has. I, I, I worked a NASCAR pit crew. I've done everything that I wanted to do. And I did it because my father couldn't do everything he wanted to do. And that's what this song's about. It's about standing on the rooftop and screaming out to everyone, fuck you. It doesn't matter if you are stepping on me, I'm still going to do it. And, and I, but yeah, I, this was, this was a great band. Uh, Unfortunately, this band is no longer around. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, I, I actually used the song at a church that I was working at. <laughs> because it's a, I think it's important, uh, like, like right now, this, this line that they're singing, scream your heart out. Scream. Let everyone know the shit that you did. And that you mattered. You gotta love it. Anyways. We are back. We are still talking about meatballs. But. I have this funny feeling. That my brother. The Count. Lord. And Lord of Carrie. Has something. His sleeve. Oh, this is just a song. Well, I've I've mentioned this to my brother before that we should have some yellow on here. Okay. Just a little clip of, and this is off of the same album that the uh, Oh Yeah song from Paris Bueller comes off of. So, but I want you yeah. to hear it. But it, their stuff is so um, back, not even background, it's just like, Every one of the songs from this album could be the background for a movie. And they've actually used, I think, two or three of these songs as background music in um, Miami Vice. But anyway, if you want to share your audio, at least. You can share all you want. I can share. I, 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 I share screen. Hey, I can do that stuff. Cool. Share. La Habanera? Are you sharing your sound? Don't know. I don't I'm think screen you sharing. Are. Yeah. Undo your screen share. And hit screen share. And in the lower left. Oh, share sound. Yes. Yes. Let's start from there. Can you hear that as a background to a movie? I mean, come on. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just one song. All right, enough of that. Are you sure? I could listen to that whole album every day if I wanted to. It's great. The whole album, front to back, is fabulous. Anyway, let's get back to the topic at hand. You reading the paper today about the Polish terrorist? No. Yeah, it's a tragedy. They sent this guy to blow up a car, and the guy burns his mouth on a tailpipe. <laughs> Okay. So, do you know this particular camp was used in another film? What? You know, it was a Disney film called Camp Rock in 2008. No way. Yes. The Fish and Game Commission has raised the legal kill limit on campers to three. So, if you're hiking today, please wear something bright and keep low. Attention, campers. Remember, this is killer bee season in the Northwoods, so don't provoke any flying yellow thing. You're just asking for trouble. And, and, and the best part about that announcement was that they were videotaping a girl with flowers in her hat. I and she love. was doing the lines on the baseball field, and when she got done the third base to home line was just like a huge, like triple S shape. It was great. <laughs> oh my God. I can't stop laughing. What a great flick. <laughs> I'm right. telling you, man, it's like, there's, there's nothing wrong with this film at all. Uh, so, so uh, wait, 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 do you have this one? Attention. Here's an update on tonight's dinner. It was veal. I repeat veal. The winner of tonight's mystery meat contest was Jeffrey Corbin, who guessed some kind of beef. <laughs> I did not have that. <laughs> no, I actually, I think I've done all of the ones that I have. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. So the camp, the main camp counselor, whose name was Morty, correct? Yes. And they all referred to him as Mickey. Yes. Do you know why? No. Because in the original Disney films, Mickey Mouse's original name was Mortimer Mouse. So it was a Mickey Mouse reference. Every time he said, I'm Morty. Hi, Mickey. It's Morty. Fabulous. Ah, <laughs> uh, did you know this? Various campsites in Canada, including Camp White Pine in Halliburton, Ontario, stood in for the camp scenes through the series. I knew that. I think I actually mentioned that. And where they had the beginning scene where all the campers and the, that was the real camp with the real campers and the real parents showing up. They just filmed the whole damn thing. <laughs> yes. I thought that was fabulous. Uh, cowboy Bob cowboy bebop at his computer. 
What? That's yeah. an anime. What what does that have to do with this film? Uh no stunt doubles were used during the the filming of the show. You are correct. All the actors did their own stunts. Holy crap, there was a meatballs two. And three and four. And they had nothing to do with the original script. And they want direct to video. Well, that's where Cowboy Bebop came from. Really? Yes, it's from the third film. Funky. All right, well, didn't have anything to do with Bill Murray, so fuck it. Did you know that this was the highest grossing Canadian film of all time (laughs) in the United States and Canada, winning the Golden Reel Award? It is the first of six. You, hold one... on, you're shitting me. It, it won a golden reel? Yes. The first of these six film collaborations between Murray and Ramus. Do you know the working title for this film? Summer Camp. Yes. Which is funny because there's a. No, never mind. Anyway, go ahead. Uh. Yeah, I, uh, uh, let's see here. I've you had this one, which was Jack Bloom who played Spaz, which uh, you didn't remember, <laughs> was the co-casting director. All right, here we go. Meatballs Two was originally shot under the name Space Kid. Okay, and was going to be more like. Porkies than the first meatball. Yeah. Then the film got picked up for distribution and the meatball's name was applied. Lovely. Uh, the other Darwin, contrary to. Uh, no, that has nothing to do with this film. It has to do with the third <laughs> film. Why is this shit in here? You thought it was relevant, and you were wrong. Yeah, okay, so here we go. Uh, con- continuity mistakes. Oh, man, there's a mess of them. When the buses are loading up in the market parking lot, the Chevrolets and GMC buses in the lot turn into Fords and Dodges mm-hmm. when they arrive to Camp North Star. Yeah, unfortunately, that Kmart no longer exists. Well, does does a Kmart exist? Really? I haven't seen one in years. I don't know. Audio problems at the beginning of the hot dog eating contest. Marty is stating all of the rules, but his mouth does not move. <laughs> a little overdub there. There was a couple of overdubs in this movie, you can tell. But yeah, you roll with it, you know? At the dance with Bill Murray, uh, when Bill Murray is dancing, Crockett is behind him dancing with Wendy. When the shot flips, Crockett is talking to Wheels. When it flips back again, Crockett is dancing with Wendy. Do, oh. do you know what song they originally danced to? Because they had 
Oh shit, that's a great question. I do not know. <laughs> it was a Rolling Stones song that they were dancing to because they had not gotten the rights to David Naughton. Can you remember what David Naughton did? No. He was the American werewolf in London. He was the Dr. Pepper guy. Wow. And he did a song called Making It, which was a disco hit for a hot second. And that's the song they used in the movie. They had not gotten the rights to that song, so they were actually dancing to a Rolling Stones song. God, I love that. (laughs) All right, so do you remember the basketball game? Oh, with the, the Mohawks, yes. Bill Murray runs from the game. And jumps on the bus. Yes. Bill Murray is wearing a sport jacket while he is running. What is he wearing on the bus? Probably his Hawaiian shirt. T shirt. <laughs> God, I, I almost don't want to do anymore. I, I don't. I don't. I just, I just don't. Well, Ivan um, Reitman, Ivan Reitman in '75 said he'd produce an off-Broadway show called the National Lampoon Show, which had starred Jim, John Belushi, Brian Doyle, Bill Murray, Gilda Radner, and Hel- Harold Ramis. Extraordinary all-star team. Um, he said, "Let's do a movie together." Uh, we ended up doing what became one of the greatest comedies of all time, Animal House. He wanted to direct it, but the studio didn't think he had enough experience, even though he had developed the idea from scratch. Okay. He wrote the first draft in one month. It wasn't particularly good. You could see the bones. He called up Harold Ramis, who was still not working regularly. Here's the, here it is. Um, he was buying a f- he was buying furniture for a new apartment, and he needed seventeen hundred dollars. He said, I'll pay you for your new furniture. I'll give you $1,700 to polish this draft. He said yes, and we did some really nice work on it. <laughs> so basically, for a couch, <laughs> Harold Ramis polished up the script and made it what it is today. All right, so so here's kind of what I want to look at before we... Move on to rating and all that. Okay. Uh, the the films that came out at this point in time uh, were 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 how do you the seventies were a highly sexual period in the world. We had Porkies. We had uh, we had stripes. We had uh meatballs there were a lot of flicks that were highly sex- sexual how do you how do you come to the to the realization that this film which is highly sexual could yeah. be made now it's it's all they do a delicate tap dance around a lot of the sexualization. I mean, there is this whole big thing real, real early in the film 
where the girls, the 13-year-olds, are talking about, hey, Wendy got her first period. But, like, they don't go into a whole lot other than that, you know, other than she's, like, annoyed that she's telling the whole camp about that. There's a whole scene where Spaz and Fink are are getting underneath the girls' cabin to listen to them and they're they're actually doing lines from a excuse me my cat is eating my microphone cord uh they're doing lines from some horribly done uh romance novel and the girls are kind of acting it out and it's getting you know you're like oh oh girl on girl stuff but it never it never goes past that line of tackiness at its heart this film is kind of a i hate to say it it's kind of a pure little film of growth you you know when you're that age you're going through that stuff and they kind of address it and they kind of skirt around it but they don't go into it and they don't exploit it there's no exploitation in this film i guess is maybe my biggest thing about the film they touch on some stuff and they walk away because it's 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 reality you know that the girls think about boys and boys think about girls and sometimes it's not perfect or pure but but they don't delve into it it's the, the, all the characters have a little bit of growth i, I just i don't know I, I i like this film a whole lot i want you guys to go out there and protect your balls at any cost <laughs> i i have to agree with you um i i know that 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 i've played devil's advocate through this whole thing but Really, I think this film is a brilliant film. It's it it's a great explanation as to how comedy was in the 70s. And it's a comedy that can still be around now. Yeah. I understand that the entire world is against sex being a man being a woman having a gender uh, having just one of two genders yeah but a 13 year old shouldn't have to worry about that yeah a 15 year old shouldn't have to worry about that you know what let them go out. Let them have a good time. And this show, uh, I, this movie really does explain what camp life is like. Oh, gosh, I was yeah. A, I was a Boy Scout for a lot of years. I went to Camp Wainoa for many years. Uh, yeah. No, it is. It, it's really, it does kind of hit home it, when you're older and you watch it. You're like, shit. Yeah, that's a lot of that stuff. With, do, the dance, like the dance makes everything better. Like I was, I was kind of a jerk and, and whatever, but like we had this big dance at, at, at camp and like for some odd reason, I was really good at dancing. And like all these girls wanted to dance with me, and I was an asshole. But I don't understand. They all wanted to dance with me. I was like, I, I, I had great time, and yeah, yeah. It it really does kind of like 
pinpoint that you know that edge of you're a jerk and but you don't know any better kind of thing. Yeah, I I I love this film. You were a nerd in high school, weren't you? Not as bad as some, but generally, yeah. Yeah, you were a nerd. Um, that's okay. So was I. No, I was beyond a nerd. <laughs> um, you know, I think that this this was a, myself as a Boy Scout. I wish I would have gone to this camp <laughs> yeah. to kind of learn the difference between uh, the stuff that I went through as a Boy Scout. Hold on. Yes. I'm fine. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> grace. Sorry, I got TV in the background. My bad. The sound. Oh, gosh. I could sing to you all night long, people. Um, thank God you won't. Yeah, thank God. No, I, I see where... I, I don't know, man. There's a comedic value to this. There's a comedic value to to going through these situations. And this is something that I think Bill Murray has been phenomenal at throughout his entire career. He has made light of situations that they can be hard. Oh, yeah. S stripes. Stripes, well, <laughs> Stripes is a phenomenal movie. You have Bill Murray and Harold Ramis both writing for the movie and starring in the movie with John Candy. Yeah, no, we'll we'll do that later on. But they worked it out. No, oh, yeah. like just like they did in this movie. Rudy, he ran. He went out and ran that marathon. And that's a positive. And I can oh, yeah. Is that your microphone or your cat's butt at your face? That's my cat's butt. No, no. The microphone you can see, but the cat's tail is probably whipping up in here. Freaking cat. All right. So real quick Anyways. aside on Murray. Uh, according to somebody on the film, uh, Murray had many involvements with certain female cast members and crew, as we all did. Uh, none of them more so than Bill. All the women were bright, funny, talented, and eager for a good time. Same with the guys. But Murray was a guy's guy. Uh, all the guys were invited to Bill's cabin for poker, beer, and just hanging out, having a good time, doing shots of tequila, smoking something. And he had a boat. And he invited us all onto the boat. Yeah, it's a tragedy. They sent this guy to blow up a car, and the guy burns his mouth on a tailpipe. So they go for an evening cruise on the lake. They said we were all drunk, laughing our asses off. When we get on the boat, there were too many of us, and the damn thing sank. Uh, Bantam added afterwards, we went back to Murray's soaking wet, had a legitimate toga party. They took off all their clothes. They wore sheets because it was the only dry thing in the entire Murray's apartment. And they had a toga party much nicer than 
other film they did, but yeah, good stuff. Now, we have to talk about the speech. What? We have to talk about the monologue. It is the genesis, the beginning, the 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 the, the roots of the Bill Murray films. Um, which monologue? It just doesn't matter. In every good Bill Murray film, there is this one big long monologue that just sums up the whole turning point of the movie. And in this one, it is the second, it is the night after the first day of their big decathlon or whatever with, with Camp Mohawk. The Just Doesn't Matter speech, it was borrowed from Jim Belushi's speech in Animal House where he was talking about the Nazis bombing Pearl Harbor. Nazis? Nah, just roll with it. Uh, Bill and Reitman got together in a coffee shop and they talked about the, what the speech should be. And he started improvising some stuff, just throwing out ideas. And I and, and Reitman remembers him saying, it just doesn't matter. And, and Reitman was like, yeah, that's good. Just repeat that over and over again. Roll on that. And he improvised pretty much that whole speech. I think they only did two takes. And it's just, it's brilliant. But that will like, in stripes, you have the whole big speech when they're in the, right before their graduation, where he's trying to get them all together. I mean, it's like, that's like the Bill Murray bit. And it works so well. Let me ask you a question here. Okay. Because off the top of my head, I don't remember. Ivan Reitman. Harold Ramis, Bill Murray. Uh, was that not the Ghostbusters group? As Stripes, well as? Ghostbusters. Stripes. Yep, yep. Probably and, um, the biggest comedies oh, from yeah. the 70s to the 90s. Um, did they not also do Groundhog Day? Yes. So yeah, some of the biggest comedies ever. Those three, and and Harold Ramis wasn't even a big part of this movie. Um, I love Ivan Reitman. I know he just died. Uh, God rest his soul. Phenomenal director. The guy knew comedy. And he knew oh, yeah. how to bring it out to where people, people of all flavors would love it. He knew when to push the actors in one direction. And he knew when to let them go off on their own ad lib and do their own thing. And it worked beautifully. All right. Uh, are we about done I am about done. I have nothing left. Well, we have to actually rate the movies, but we gotta take a break before that. Oh, I'm sad panda.
Okay. You're okay. <laughs> Not a big South Park fan, are you? No. <laughs> You've missed some great comedy in your life then. <laughs> I was probably out golfing. For the past uh, 20 years? I Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I'm trying to figure... You know what? There. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> you know what? Unfortunately for our fans... This is probably the music that they're going to hear coming back into our show. Oh, well. Oh, well. We'll be right back. Bye-bye now. Probably the best music-based movie from I of think all this, time. I think this came out in what the nineties, or was it the eighties? Uh, it was the eight, late eighties. Late eighties. Eighty-seven, eighty-eight, perhaps. I I honestly believe. What? I, uh, no, you fuck. Know, there, it was it was, it was 84. Of, fuck there's, it was. was it that long ago? No. I graduated in 85 and we were doing that music. Uh, la, 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 la. 1984 is when that came out. Wow. Right before I graduated. Um. All right. I'm going to make a statement here. Oh, God. Probably the best composer from the 80s. I'll go with that. Uh, he wrote many songs that many people made millions of dollars off of. And oh, nobody yeah. knows that he wrote it. Uh, the Bengals, uh, Sinead O'Connor, Sinead O'Connor, uh, oh, the Irish, uh, oh God, what was her name? Short hair, shit. Uh, 
Not McCallum. What the hell? Was yeah, that? yeah, I know. Like, uh, I know who you're talking about. Anyways, the fact is, is that Prince wrote music for so many people. Oh God, he did Stevie Nicks, Alicia Keys, Madonna, Chaka Khan. Jesus Christ. He helped so many careers without advancing his while still advancing his. Sheena Easton. That's who we're thinking of. Ah. I knew Alicia Keys was on the list. I love her, but anyways. Anyways, hey, we have to rate the movie Meatballs. As everyone knows, we have shelves. We have one through five. Five is the lowest. One is the top. And there is the box behind the counter. And that's where the lucky bourbon goes. Yeah. So, Scott, I am curious to hear your shelf. All right. Here's what I'm going to say. I don't care what anyone says. This movie is top tier as far as comedies go. This movie should be on the top shelf. We don't have half shelves. Wow. This sucks because now I've got to make the determination whether this film is number one or number two shelf. And I've I thought about this a lot over the past couple of weeks or past couple of days since since I watched it. Guys, I'm gonna put this on number one. Wow. I think this is a movie that people should watch. It's it's a special edition of Bill Murray. And uh, I, I just, I think the message about Rudy and the message about Bill Murray becoming a man with Roxanne, it's an important message for people to learn. You can grow up. You can become a person that influences others' lives, even if you're funny. So I'm putting it on the top shelf. Damn. I, I was going with a solid number two on this. And an impossible number one. And that's a tough one. I, I, I God, I wish we had half shelves. Um, as comedies go, as Bill Murray goes, I, I got to stick with number two on this one because there are other Bill Murray movies out there that hit the top shelf. This is his starting one. It's not his penultimate one, but damn, it's good. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with number two on this one. All right. All right. I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) 
but it is definitely it's an important movie. I, everyone should see this movie as just like like listening to music that has influenced other music. It may not be the best, but it has influenced many, many, many other things. It's an important movie, but it's not the best. And it's, yeah, it's it's a solid two, one and a half, almost, for me. Mm. All right. Uh, either way, yeah. Either way you look at it, this is a top film for people to watch. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, we have... Uh, this is actually the first movie reviews we've done in, like, a, a month. month. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm holding off on picking movie reviews for us after this. Because I know on May 25th, Batman comes out on DVD and streaming. Mm. I have already pre-purchased it. <laughs> I want to spend some money, aren't I? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and well, I think I think this is a movie we need to see. Uh, I, yeah. I, I hear that there's a lot of political in it and i i think we really need to review this movie in full to to kind of get the crap out of the way we have it, not done a current movie ever so this yeah. will be a first so uh for the next movie review i am going to put that in there but i'm also supposed to do our next two reviews or next two shows and are you ready for this no i'm still typing Damn. all right go ahead what are we going to do what are we going to do the next show the next show what we are going to do is we are going to rate the top Saturday Night Live personalities. Whoa. It will be a top 10 list. Personalities. Top. Now we have talked. We have talked for the past couple of weeks or past couple of months about different things. And I said that Dan Aykroyd was a phenomenal actor. Yeah. And then I said that he was probably the best of SNL. And I said no. And Burke said no. And I said, oh, we got to do a show about this. <laughs> So it is the top 10 with five runners up. Got it. After that, I think we have to do a deeper dive into comedy. 
So we're going to do a movie review next week of a movie called Spies Like Us. Which I have never seen in its entirety. We shall see if Dan Aykroyd is the best actor of all. Or is it Chevy Chase? Or is it Bill Murray? Or is it John Belushi? We'll find out. (laughs) All right, brother. Is there anything else that you need to get off your chest before we go? Hey, wait. Before you do that, let me start a vamp. (laughs) Which my microphone will just blow over anyway, so it doesn't really matter about the vamp. Because your microphone sucks. I, it's, it's, it's Uber. It's the best microphone ever. And it just overpowers everything. <laughs> I'm still Batman. I'm still a count. I am still a Lord. And you're still a reverend. From the universal. Oh God. I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah. I know he's they're a, in he's a rev. They're in Modesto, this is Modesto California. <laughs> That's just a little bit too much bourbon. Uh, folks, you have a great night because we're done. Holy cow. It was the Universal Life Church. Universal there you go. Life there Church it is. Modesto California. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Is there anything else you need to pass on? Hey, Mackenzie, Mackenzie is graduating. Yeah. Send Burke love. (laughs) It's a good day. Y'all. Well, it's a good day until he pays off. Actually, you might have your student loans paid off. That would be awesome. That would be a bit of all right. I would be so pissed at you. Yeah, and me too, but yeah. Because I had to pay my own. I know. I was paying all mine in cash. What are you talking about? Fuck everyone. Anyways. Fuck everyone. We love you. (laughs) Y'all have a great night. You see, I wasn't ready for that. Sorry. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.